Hello and welcome back to another episode of the War on 94 podcast. It is Frank. I'm here with Evan. Evan, how are we feeling? Fan-freaking-tastic. Must be nice. It's a, it's a late week in November. The rightful owners of the NFC North throne are back on top. I couldn't be happier. How about yourself? Well, it was a bye week for the Bears, so um, <laughs> not really much to talk about for them. Yeah, they actually got they were actually granted two bye weeks this year. Um, it's a weird year, but yeah, I had a schedule. They got the two bye weeks. Lost, is that what it was? Um, yeah, we'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, <laughs> let's start with those uh, with those first place um, boys in the north, uh, the Packers. Oh, say tell it me, again. Tell me He's about in my ears. I will not say it again. I will not do that. <laughs> Tell me about this game on Sunday, Evan. Yeah, I mean, it was uh, – what more could you ask for? It was pretty much exactly what we needed, exactly what you hoped would happen. Packers go down to Houston, basically just have their way with the Texans. Uh, the, the final score was 35-20, but it wasn't that close by any stretch. No, it was basically like 75-5. to five. Yeah, it was a first half shutout um, mm-hmm. of, the, of the Texans, who are struggling. Admittedly, they are not they are not the um, best team. Bill O'Brien has destroyed that team from the inside out. Certainly, and it will take them many years to recover. But they still have plenty of talent across the field. And Deshaun Watson is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL, so uh, cannot be denied. And the fact that they're able to go out there and look as dominant as they were, it's incredible. Honestly, I mean, you look at the stat lines. Rodgers, 23 to 34 for 283 and four. Jamal was nine, 19 for 77 and Aaron Jones surprise absence. He also got a touchdown. Uh, Adams, like literally, I think every time he caught the ball, he was at least 10 yards separated from the, from a defender. I, oh, man. Was, it was unreal. And he set a career high in yardage, 196, 13 to 16 targets um, for 196 and two. I mean, that's just a career high on yardage there. Um, it's just exactly what you needed. Uh, literally no complaints except for a nice uh, wide receiver two would have been nice, but um, you know what? Um, and the offensive line, it has to be said, they were missing. We were missing David Bakhtiari. We've had a couple other injuries bang, banged up and tested the depth of the line. And I mean, technically, if you want to get into it, there was a sack allowed, um, but it got negated by a, a penalty on the defense. Um, but, but no, no sacks officially on the record. Um, and Rodgers was the best quarterback on the week from a clean pocket. According to PFF stats, he had a 140 passing rating from a clean pocket. I mean, that's just, just obviously shows what everybody knows. You get, you get him clean, you get him a clean time to look around and, and throw that ball away. And it's, I mean, it's just, it's game over. It's game over. If he's has all, if he has time and protection, it's, I mean, there's, there's no, there's no hope. Yeah, it was just was really good to see the offense play like that, even with missing some key pieces. Um, I know I, it's a bummer for Aaron Jones to be out, but I know the way the Packers have been playing it this year. They, are, you know, you see it with Devontae, him tweeting out that morning before a game that he was pissed off that he couldn't play, and then immediately deleting it like forty five minutes later. That was a couple <laughs> weeks ago. I think that was New Orleans. <laughs> um, and then you saw there's a similar thing. Aaron Jones showed up late in the week with a calf strain, and they were like, "Nope, we're not risking it." We'd rather have you later in the season when, when we actually need you to get, get fully healthy. And in a year where soft tissue injuries are just killing everyone, mm-hmm. it's just so good to see them just be precautionary and just say, not worth it. 
because you know the guys can go out and do it. Um, the only thing I will say is um, I'm bummed with the usage of uh, A.J. Dillon. They didn't really seem to get him going or really get him effectively going by any stretch. Uh, he had only one or two carries, and they weren't weren't very productive. Um, but, I mean, like I said, top to bottom, just a stellar offensive performance. Hopefully we get Bakhtiari and Aaron Jones back healthy in the next week or so here, but cannot complain. Uh, defensively was even almost even better. Jair, the past three weeks, he's only been targeted twice, and he hasn't given up a completion. Mm. Um, and that's against Calvin Ridley, Mike Evans, and Will Fuller. Pretty good trio to hold to no catches. I say, if that's on a lockdown corner in the NFL, I don't know what is. Yeah. Um, I mean, he's just – he's a desert island out there. It's 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 just unreal. But, and obviously those guys had catches when going in against other matchups because he's not a, he's not a, a shadow corner. He, he only stays to one side of the field. But – when he, I mean, when anybody's on him, it just there's no there's no escape. And we had uh, I've been complaining on this podcast about some uh, inside linebacker depth issues and some really lack of production from that position. Um, and we had our the rookie that everybody was getting uh, raving, everybody was raving about in camp, uh, Kamal Martin. He was finally activated off the IR, and he had a he had a he had a stellar game. I mean, um, he had six solos, uh, and he was just flying around the field, but it's like really covering everything. Um, and I, you know, I think it, from a purely analytics side, people kind of tend to gloss over the, the middle linebacker, but I, um, it, it's really still a vital position because because if it's if it's not sound, at least can produce at an NFL average level, it's going to get attacked because it's a weakness, right? So the fact mm-hmm. that he showed up and played aggressive and played like, um, you know, I, I, all these Packers fans are pining for Blake Martinez back, and he's and this guy is ten mil, ten mil, eleven mil cheaper than that, and. I mean, one game is one game, but I, I give the rookie a shot. He looked he looked great. He looked everything like they said they raved about during camp. Um, and the defensive line and the pass rush as a whole, um, we've been I especially me have been pining for uh, Preston Williams to really really kind of get his stuff going. Like it didn't really seem like he was having uh, like factors in the game. He wasn't really contributing. He's only had a half sack through five or six games. Um, and it wasn't really, it didn't really, if it was an injury or if he just was you know, out of shape, who knew what it was not scheming well. Um, but that kind of all went away. Uh, he was, he didn't have a sack himself again. He's still on a half sack, but he had two huge pressures that led to other sacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then, and he really just was, you know, he was, he was, he made his presence known. So um, was very, very, very happy to see him doing that. Um, these are the kind of things that you need, especially with some of the games we have coming up here, uh, to really get that going, get the defense, um, just being the aggressive pass rush like we have like we have been, especially last year, get that sack machine running again. The, the Smith brothers really needs to get start, start showing up. So, And they did, and we got the linebacker help. I, there's not much to complain for. We'll, we'll see the upcoming schedule has the – uh, Pat, Vikings. We got the Vikings this week at home, uh, so that should be. I mean, it'll be a tougher matchup this time around than last. Um, Justin Jefferson was not a factor in week one, and he is now the best receiver um, by PFF grades. So yeah, he's kind of balling out. Um, so that'll be a big test for the the defense, and I would be interesting to see. I would imagine Jair was on Thielen most of the last matchup based on the fact that he was the large threat. Right. Um, Justin Jefferson has clearly emerged as the superior threat to Thielen. So I have to imagine that Jair will be on Jefferson and 
uh, I think probably that leaves King to be on Thielen. On Thielen, yeah. Uh, which will be which will be interesting. It'll be interesting to see that matchup. Um, and Dalvin Cook looks to be back, so they they definitely. I mean, they're more of an unlucky team than a bad team. Um, they've had lots of injuries, lots of tough matchups, um, and they can definitely score the ball. So I think this game's being a lot closer than people think. But ideally, the Packers sneak away with a win. And then we got the short week with the Niners. Um, that's to be the probably the biggest test of the season. So the fact that defense is kind of um, rounding into form and, and maybe look back in four weeks and go, this was kind of a launching point for the defensive cohesiveness and, and get things going. That would be awesome. Is that one in, is that one in San Fran? Sadly, yes. It's in San Fran okay. again on Thursday. Thursday. Well, you know, it's going to be another test to see, you know, they kept Rogers clean this week. We saw he balled out. So, I mean, that's going to be a huge point of emphasis for the offensive line to give him time to, you know, find his guys and make those plays that he, that he can when he has the clean pocket. I mean, you said he had a one, the 140 passer rating in the clean pocket. I mean, yeah. we saw that we saw last week against Tampa. We saw how that worked out when he was pressured, you know, as long as yeah. they can keep him clean, keep him on his feet. I mean, Aaron Rodgers is going to do the biggest Aaron best, but I think the Niners defense overall doesn't scare me as much as they did last year. They have, they have been just marred by injury. They are. To- yeah. They are totally ravaged. So I think actually the biggest thing is the is my my the biggest thing that the defense I mean obviously like you said absolutely need to keep Rodgers upright and keep him clean, um, but the biggest test I think will be how this defense fares against that run game because they have when healthy um, five good running backs um, they've all had games this year and they have two or three receivers that are really speedy threats and can get get involved in that run game. So, and that's a Shanahan staple is that power run in the, the, the West coast run scheme where it's just side to side lateral movement and just bruising, not, not bruising backs, but a bruising offensive push. And then just like guys like Mostert and hasty and, and Coleman that went out their best. They can just sprint through a hole and like explode like five mm-hmm. or six yards, like a carry. <clears throat> so yeah, no, it'll be a big test and it'll be a big, the, um, the Niners aren't in control currently of their division, but it'll be a big test for like kind of how how we can expect the Packers to play out this year um, mm-hmm. in the in the NFC landscape. Um, so yeah, good good stuff there. I mean, we're definitely looking at that. That's ten weeks, ten ten days away, roughly. Well, two weeks away um, from today. Yeah, uh, and then sooner than that, we've we've discussed uh, November third. That is next Tuesday, as well as Election Day. Get out and vote. Um, is the NFL trade deadline. And the biggest rumor flying around right now is the Packers um, are calling out aggressively, calling around for wide receivers. And that is not a little speculation. That's been multiple sources have been saying that out there. That's That means that Good is on the phone calling up about any anybody and everybody. And, and I know one of the teams they've been in discussion with is the Texans, which is nice, but it's also kind of – I mean, it's basically a full admittal of the mistake of not drafting a wide receiver in this draft class. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's they they are clearly wearing the egg right now and will have to probably forfeit a draft pick or two in order to in order to right that wrong. They are they're looking at Fuller. Um, I kind of want Stills more than Fuller. I think Stills fits our game more. Fuller is a deep threat, which is fine. Um, he would get MVS back onto the bench, which I'm totally okay with. Um, but I think Stills is a great wide receiver, and I think he's being overlooked on that team. And you can probably have him for a lot cheaper than you could have Stills. Um, that being, being said, I don't, I don't know if uh, if 
the Texans will be trading anything this year, considering trades have brought them to this point. Um, <laughs> I, I, I genuinely don't know. Bill O'Brien has has made trading such a synonymous thing with the, with Texans right now that I don't think they'll wait. I don't think they will commit yet another trade while they have an interim GM. Um, they're going to wait till they have their full time guy. Uh, which really bummed me out because I think I think the other guy that could be had um, it would take a little bit more work on the Packers side, but I think the other guy that could be had is JJ Watt, um, and that that Whoa. has been literally that has been legitimately talked about. I would obviously that your your look says it all. It would be a long move. Whoa, he's, he, he's due for eight million this year, but obviously everybody knows the hometown hometown connection. He grew up in Pewaukee here, um, hometown kid, uh, um, and I mean he would fit the three four D end perfectly. Um, he's being he's being misused in in Houston, and he he needs out of there. Um, and I think he will be out of there. His contract's only got a year and a half left. Um, and you could get out ahead of the game and restructure that deal and extend him and have him retire as a Packer. And what what better what better thing would that be? Give give the Bears fans the exact look you're giving me right now. It's a long oh shot. God. Don't don't think it'll actually happen. Like I said, he is on an eight mil salary this year, and uh, the Packers have. 7.1 in cap space so it'd be you would have to work that out you can't because you'd have to cut probably some guys and restructure um but it could be done it could be done pretty easily uh so that would be the that would be in my dream but realistically we're looking at wide receivers um so kenny stills or probably fuller is the more likely target there the other one would be interesting it's being thrown around i don't know how the, how willing the cowboys are um but michael gallup has basically been cast aside in that offense with the emergence of cd lamb um, and they are not in a spot to compete right now. Um, nope, they are absolute they trash. Are stuck with Mike, the curse of Mike McCarthy, mm-hmm. um, which is just kind of rich irony at this point because uh, Mike McCarthy's not a good coach. He's, no, he's and we've not seen a good that. Coach. Um, and if uh, if the if the Packers could get Gallup, I would be just as thrilled um mm-hmm. i just we need somebody else because uh, as you put i put in the document here michael gallup has uh a 44 percent catch rate this year um which is his lowest by far but is but last year is 46 so he's and among uh receivers with deep like if you like extrapolate all the deep targets which is the tar- targets beyond 15 yards it's pretty much all he's getting anyways but he is in every metric the worst deep threat in this league. He has speed, and that's nothing else. He has no hands. He doesn't lay out for balls, mm-hmm. and some of it might be a little bit of miscommunication on routes. But he's had plenty of time in the system, and it's not working. He deserves to be nowhere else but the bench right now until he can figure out how to catch and communicate better with Aaron Rodgers. It's just it's not working. I'm I'm sick of the experiment, and it, it relies it forces the 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 um. It forces Aaron to only look for Devonte. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a few gimmicky plays at tight ends, and you know you see guys like Sternberger and, T- and Tunyon getting in the end zone and doing doing you know getting catches and getting yardage. But we'll go back and read that box score this week alone: 196 yards um, were Devonte alone out of 283. That means 90 yards were left to spread around him. Yeah, and that's not sustainable. No, it's not sustainable at all, and it and it gets shut down really quickly. Like when you go up against teams like the um, the Bucks last week, right? Uh, and now, granted, we do have Lazard coming back. Um, he practiced today, um, and he, he looks close to returning. I don't envision him back for this weekend, but he looks to be back shortly. 
probably would be on track for the Thursday night game against the, against the Niners, which is good. They clearly have a rapport. Lazard doesn't really like metrically stat out as a impressive wide receiver, but he just seems to be there when um, Rogers wants him to be in and Rogers trusts him. Last time we saw him, he had a career day against the saints uh, back first episode of the podcast. Oh yeah. Um, so he, he, he can do it. Um, I just would, would appreciate another, another thread in there. So um and and I think uh, if if JJ Watt came to the Texans, I would uh, or t- came from the Texans to the Packers. I think I would die a happy man. I can't see why you wouldn't be thrilled about that, and I would be absolutely terrified. I'd- I mean, what what better fit? He's a three four D end. That's for the system we're running right now. You have you have the the, the Smith brothers and JJ Watt, Kenny Clark, and you have the Bears shit offensive line trying to sign stop them me up. twice a year. Sounds great. Speaking of the Bears shit, uh, let's move on to the embarrassment that happened on Monday in Los Angeles. But I have a feeling you have a lot to say. So oh, I got a few things to say. Uh, let's see. Where do we start? So on Monday, Bears traveled to L.A. to that beautiful new spaceship in Inglewood um, to take on the Rams. Um, going in, lots of questions about what the Bears were. Um, how good was this team? You know, could they ride this defense? Um they were sitting in first place on a technicality, as we say. Um, but it's been established that the Bears are who we thought they were. In the words of the famous, uh, the late, great Denny Green, the Bears are who we thought they were. Um, a team with a great defense and an absolute garbage pile, burning, just pile of crap that is the offense and the play calling from one Matt Nagy. Um, the Bears got absolutely embarrassed. Um, the score was a lot closer uh, than it really was. Finished 24-10. Um, a late scoop and score by Eddie Jackson made it 24-10. But, I mean, it might as well have been 100-5 to, to five because the Bears had no chance the whole game. They really just kept shooting themselves in the foot over and over again. Um, let's start. Uh, up front, you know, the uh, going into the game, we knew that the war of the trenches would be the big part. Um, the big boys up front on both sides, you know, both teams have great pass rushes and um, it would be who can get to the quarterback more and who can create more pressure. And I mean, it was complete dominance by the by the Rams. The Their defensive front was in. Nick Foles' face all game gave him no time to make plays, no time to step up, find his receivers. Um, he would have to throw off his back foot a lot. He threw while guys were in the middle. He had to, guys were in the middle of routes while he was still while he was making his throws. And I mean, and then you know our our rush offense has no chance to get going when they're not getting blocked. And you know th- this this stat just blew my mind. I just saw it recently, but. The Bears are the first team in the history of the NFL. Over 100 years, this this league has been around. First team in the history of the NFL with four consecutive games under 65 yards rushing. Come on. Yeah. I mean, come on. That's insane. I'm starting to wonder if David Montgomery isn't that good at running back. Well, I'm starting to wonder if why the hell is Cordell Patterson getting so many touches? I should have bet the house on him getting 10 plus touches in that game because oh. I should have taken the over because he, I mean, we never have to wonder that we no, know he has I mean, on that. Let's just take one example, fourth and one 
you're you're going for it on fourth and one. I like the aggressiveness. Matt Nagy has never been one to not be aggressive on the short, like fourth and short plays. But to do a toss play to Cordero Patterson on fourth and one, you're you're he's a slot receiver, special teams guy. You have your bell cow running back, supposed to be your bell cow running back, and you're doing a toss on fourth and one. I mean, with our with our offensive line who hasn't been able to stop anything in their path, how do we expect to win games when we're making play calls like that? And you know Matt Nagy. As much as I complain about him, he does the same. It, I mean, it's he does the same thing every single week. He ma- he made no adjustments this game. Kept doing the same thing, having Foles drop back. You know, no no counters, no screen plays, nothing. No changes were made. It was just let's keep dropping him back, having him you know air the ball out around the field. You know, we'll ha- we'll hand the ball off to David Montgomery once every five plays. He'll get two yards per carry, and then we'll complain about how uh, you know. We couldn't get anything going. But, I mean, when you're not making adjustments in-game, how are you supposed to, you know, make changes? I mean, it's just – it frustrates me to no end watching this offense and just seeing the way that they can't get anything going. And then when you're starting deep inside your own territory every time, thanks to Johnny Hecker placing us down there and Ted Ginn Jr. apparently being allergic to catching balls and trying to make punt returns – you know that's what's going to happen. And then you're sticking your guy. You know yeah. your offense has no has has no chance. And then you you put him on a 95 yard uh, drive. You know I don't think that's Ted Ginn's fault. Johnny Hecker is just that good. But I mean, you got to be trying five punts within inside the 10 yard. The ball's coming down to you, and you just move out of the way at the last second. Like try and make a play, man. Like. What the hell is going uh, on out there? No, I um, I mean you're 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 trying to gamble on that ball going into the end zone. Uh, I don't know. It's a hard one. I I I give. I think that's more applause to Hecker than it is insult to Ted Ginn. Um, but yeah, I mean, I never thought I would miss Tony as much as I do. Honestly, when it comes to punts and just having that other option out of the backfield. I really never thought I would miss, especially after last season, I never thought I would miss Tariq Cohen as much as I do. But just to have that extra option and to have a guy who can make those kind of plays out of the backfield, who can switch things up when we need it, who can be that little spark plug, it's true. You know, Cordero Patterson is not that guy. And I I miss Tariq Cohen more than I ever thought I would. So, I mean, the fact that that has happened is has shown that our offense has really gone into a tailspin. Um, I mean – to go back to the offensive line, I mean, they just could not stop the Rams. And we we heard it in the game, in game from Brian Greasy, one of the announcers on Monday Night Football. I mean, Nagy and and Fold are not on the same page. I mean, you saw you heard it. He said that uh, he said he spoke to uh, Foles before the game uh, during their meetings, you know, with, that they have pregame with the announcers and. Foles said, you know, there are times where Nagy will call plays and I will know before he says any before I go run it out there that it's not we're not gonna have the time to do it. It's not gonna work because we don't have the opportunity because the offensive line isn't gonna give us the time. I mean, where is the disconnect there? Why is why is he still calling plays if he's calling plays that that we can't run that we don't have time to run we don't have a time for our quarterback to step up in the pocket and make a play instead he's throwing off his back foot and you know having to throw into double triple coverage because that's the only option he sees in the moment 
I mean, Nick Foles is not, I'm not saying that Nick Foles is some, you know, MVP level guy. He's not a Pro Bowl level guy even. But I mean, if you give him time, he can make plays. But when your offensive line is allowing so much pressure in his face and giving him one to two seconds to make to make a split, to, you know, make a decision, I mean, good things are not going to happen. We saw it over and over and over again on Monday and it makes me really nervous to, for the rest of the season because I was feeling good going into the stretch. I was thinking if we win two out of three of this, of the stretch against LA, New Orleans and Tennessee, that we'd be sitting pretty. Now I'm hoping we win, we win one and I'm really thinking we'll lose all three at this point after watching this game. I mean, really nothing good came out of this game. I mean, honestly, if I mean, if I'm being serious, our defense did not play poorly. I mean, they they definitely got pushed around a bit by that offensive line of the of the Rams and the up-tempo offense of the Rams totally wore them out. But when you're being sent out every fourth play because your offense keeps going three and out, I mean, you're going to get gassed. Like this is the problem this is the problem we had last year. In 2019, our offense could could not do diddly squat, and so then they they're out there every fourth play. They're out. They have no time to rest, and they're gassed. And then they they're making mistakes and giving up plays. And when the offense, I mean, we don't even have time to get set. And the Rams are already marching down the field. You know, Jared Goff is doing. I mean, he's a serviceable guy. I don't think he's anything special, but I mean, he was doing what he's paid to do and you know he put the rams in positions to score and you know it was uh it was painful game well, I mean, like they could never really win the field position battle no um that that there that that went against you and i think the other thing is i think that um i mean you you mentioned the subpar play of the offensive line uh but that defensive front is just i mean it's it's unreal um, oh easily top five in the league. I'd say. Oh, um, I mean, Aaron Donald is a freak. We know. I mean, we've no, he's probably yeah, the no, best player, so, when you player can't in the league. Win, when you can't even win at the line of scrimmage, I mean, you're just going to have a bad time. Mm-hmm. And then when you can't win at the line of scrimmage and you're inside the 10 for five or six drives a game, you're going to have a real bad time. Yeah, and we rely on our, on our defensive front to get pressure on the quarterback and, you know, cause havoc, cause turnovers, cause takeaways by the Bears. We had no chance to do that. Uh, they were keeping us at bay. The only time we got pressure was we did we and we made a play and, and Mac made a play when he did have a chance to to get pressure on Goff. He he forced a fumble. They recovered it, but I mean it was a big play and it got everyone hyped. But you, they couldn't build on it because the next next couple plays they're coming down the field. They're doing quick strikes. They're 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 doing no huddle. I mean we just had no chance to to set ourselves and get our bearings before they're already working their way to the end zone. And I mean, this definitely felt like, you know, a turning point, honestly, like it, it, nothing good came out of this game. Like I said, nothing good. I can't really even pick a part that was positive. I mean, Eddie Jackson get another, another touchdown. I say that That might be the only one. Even that happened in garbage time. Yeah. So So, I mean, I, yeah, it was we, I, well, and this is this is the issue, and I I think I think as um we can we can call it the Vikings and, and Lions fans, but I think 
the NFC North just votes a motion and passes it immediately to never go play a game on the West Coast again. Yeah. Rodgers can't do it. Uh, clearly, the Bears can't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, I mean, do I hear any any naysays on that? Any, any objections? Any opposed? Anyone opposed? Looks like the eyes have no, it. I think we're good. The eyes have it. All right. Motion. motion. All right. <laughs> NFC North will never play on the West Coast. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was just – it's and the worst part is it's on national television, so it's it's doubly embarrassing. That's the worst Nobody and after last week, you know, I was saying here on this podcast, I will not apologize for being five and one. You know, the Bears have a great defense, a subpar offense, but as long as they can put twenty plus points on the board, we're putting ourselves in position to win. I mean, when you're giving up twenty four points to an offense like the Rams, you should be in position to win, but. Yeah, we we were not at any point in that game in position to win. You know, we had first and or I think it was uh, third and goal inside the Rams five, and we're passing. Um, and that was the interception that uh, falls through to the corner. Uh, Mooney was cutting that way. He was double covered. Uh, it was a t- and then the ball was tipped in the air and intercepted in the end zone, and that was like I mean. We're just not even giving Montgomery chances to succeed in short yarded situations. And then we're looking at him like, is he as good as we think he is? Or is he, you know, well, he's only getting this many yards a game. It's like, well, we're not giving him chances to do what he's supposed to be doing well, which is, you know, these short yardage, you know, bruiser kind of guy. Like, and we're not giving him plays out of the backfield. We're not giving him passes out of the backfield. Like, we're not getting him involved in the offense outside of, you know, 10 to 12 touches per game. I mean, this guy should be getting, I mean, I sound like a broken record, but he should be getting 18 to 20 touches a game easily. Like, yeah. And that can become in the receiving game too. Exactly. Exactly. But it's, it's archaic play calling from Nagy and it, it just feels, um, it feels like it's one of those teams you watch where, you know, they can be good, but they're being held back. Yes. Um, and 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 again, Foles is the streakiest of quarterbacks known to this earth. And right now, he is the hottest of hots. He burns white hot when he's good. Mm-hmm. Um, flashback Super Bowl a couple years ago right. in that playoff run, magical. And he flashback to every other point of his career when he's had a cold streak that lasts four to six to eight games, and he gets benched, and he's the worst quarterback on the face of the earth. And unfortunately, the Bears have him have him in a cold streak right now. Yeah, I mean. He hasn't been earth-shattering. I mean, his first game obviously came in in relief of Trubisky through three touchdowns. I mean he, that was that was that was hot. That was hot neck. That was hot, excuse me, hot foals. But I mean, the next week against the Colts was shit. The week against the Buccaneers, he had a good a good uh half. The rest was eh. You know, uh against Carolina. Eh. I mean, fine. But like, and then this week. Shit. I mean, he just cannot find that groove. But I think when you're when you constantly have pressure in your face, I mean, we said, you know, this is like comparing uh, a station wagon to a sports car. But when you when you have a guy we were speaking about Rogers, when he has time to throw, I mean, he can make those plays and he's the best quarterback in the NFL. If you're giving if you give a quarterback time to throw and he can and you're giving his receivers time to run their routes effectively and you know let's for example bears were inside their own five 
It took me a minute to get yeah. to state. No, yeah, I had to get, I had to, I had to get there with that one. I know it's, it's comparing. <laughs> it's a terrible comparison between the two quarterbacks. No, it's great. But, I, I mean, it. it's like you know, you give a quarterback time to step up in the pocket, he'll make a play. Like, and if he doesn't, then he sucks. But I mean, I don't think, I don't think full sucks. I think he's a league average quarterback and has potential is has potential to be great in spouts, but you know, he's not, he is what he is, what he is. I mean, yeah, I, right. I disagree. He would have been a starter for more than more, more than just try attempted against the Jaguars. If he was, if he was league average, but the problems I think it run far deep as you have right. alluded there, it's it deeper far than deep. falls. It, I mean, if, if Trubisky was in, I mean, we'd it wouldn't be any we would be talking about the same exact thing. Exactly. So, I mean, it it really is frustrating. I mean, you, I want this team to so badly win and compete and be in position to – I mean, this week if they had won, we'd be the number one seed in the NFC right now. But instead, now we're wondering if we're even going to make the playoffs. And that frustrates the hell out of me. And we, this is not a bad team. It's not a bad roster. We have a lot of good pieces, good young pieces on this team. Our defense is championship level. You know, we have solid receivers. We have a young tight end. We have another tight end who's been having a rebirth of his career. We have a, a good running back who needs to have the opportunity to get to get more touches. Jimmy Graham is not having a rebirth. Get out of here. <laughs> Hey, better than he's ever than he ever was with those damn Packers. So I'll take that. Um, <laughs> um, let me just go off a little bit, all right? Let me, let me have my moment okay. a little bit. I'm gonna let you go off, but it's, <laughs> we're gonna call Cinderblock feet over there rebirth. Hey, let's just throw it to him in the red zone, and we'll all be happy. He's rebirth into ashes. Is what he is. <laughs> Dust out there. Hey, he could he could have only gone up after being with the Packers. So I mean, oh, is that what? It yeah, is? I, mean, okay. I mean, you you would agree. You would totally agree with that. He has not gone up. <laughs> okay. Well, anyways, anyways, <laughs> he's been used smarter, maybe. <laughs> That's going up if you if you ask me. Anyways, um, this is not a bad roster, but we have a bad coach is the real problem. And a coach who will not give up play calling and continues to use the same – I mean, just not make adjustments when, when necessary and thinks that he's the smartest guy in the room and tries to outsmart everybody and say, oh, look what I can do. You know, look at, look at my smart offense. Look at look – at, all these little plays I can do. Look at all these motions and all this stuff. But I mean, at a sim- at a certain point, you got to keep it simple, stupid. Like, you know, like run the ball. You know, pl- pass when you need to, and let the defense carry the load. I mean, but also we need to give them time to rest <laughs> because we can't have these guys out. You're asking a lot here. <laughs> I mean, am I am I asking for a lot here? But I mean. It's it's this this episode is a total role reversal, may I say? To last literally last week was a complete switcheroo. And I did not think I'd be in the situation right now, but here I am, sad as I can be. I somehow figured out we'd we'd come to this situation one way or another. Yeah, I mean, we all knew eventually. I mean, I was what did I say before the season started? I think I said the Bears were. I was expecting the Bears to be a top ten, top picking in the top ten this season uh, in the draft. So. I'm happy with where we're at, but I can't. Yeah, you've gone on a quite a roller coaster. You went from top ten to number one in the AFC to are we, or NFC to are we going to make the playoffs? 
Jeez. This team does to me. All right. The cartwheels you've done this. We live and die. We live and die with this team. Uh, we are, you know, super, and get gray hairs every day. Super Bears, Super Bowls, Super Bowl. You know what I mean? Um, but well, you let's know, move to to greener pastures. Yes. Um, we we've we, we discussed the trade line deadline with the Packers, and I have to preface this. I didn't include this when I said this. NFL trades are not like any other sport. We always always want to see that big name move at the deadline. Um, like, there's no chance in hell JJ Watt comes to the Packers. Um, <laughs> maybe we get a receiver because it's being discussed. But right. I mean, you look at these trades. Everson Griffin, a half year went for went for a conditional sixth, um, and Yannick went for what a conditional fourth or fifth. So it, oh, those yeah. are the biggest names we'll probably see moved all deadline. But um, what would you like to see the Bears do? If if you had your way and you were GMing the Bears, how many of your draft picks would you like to give away for to revamp? <laughs> first round pick to give away. We finally have our first first round pick in about three years, and I would love to give them away for a shot at. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, I mean, for we, the entire 49ers offensive line. <laughs> well, I, first, there's three main plate places I see we need we need assistance. First off, it's the offensive line. As I mentioned, they have been total trash, especially since um uh hold on. Shit, what was the guy's name? I'm totally forgetting who's the guy. James Daniels. Ever since James Daniels went out with the torn pictorial, he has uh, we've had a huge hole on the left side. Um we need somebody to come in and fill that role. Um Rashad Coward is not that guy. Alex Bars is not that guy. Jermaine Effetti is not that guy. They've all tried, all failed miserably. They love to pile on the the penalties and they can't block to save their lives. So that experiment has failed and it's time to find somebody else. I mean, I've heard names floating around. Um, I heard the name Alex Mack come up from Atlanta, a team that is in a tailspin um, and a guy with multiple Pro Bowls, he is a center um, for his whole career. And if we brought somebody like him in, you slide our current center, Cody Whitehair, over to the left guard position, a position he played before moving over to the center. So you slide him over, you insert Mac. I mean, that's instant, instant upgrade, you have to say. I mean, Mac is a little up there in age, but I mean, nothing crazy. I mean, he's maybe like third. In the OL prime of his career. Right. So, I mean, 34. Yeah, so you put him in there, and I mean that's instant upgrade, and or a guy like um, uh, Andrew Norwell from Jacksonville, another guy who could play on that left side um, would be another instant upgrade. A um, couple other names I saw: uh, Zach Fulton from Houston, James Carpenter from Atlanta, also, um, and then sort of a shot in the dark. But I mean Kevin Zeitler from New York would be a would be a, a massive upgrade. Probably for all the ex Browns here. Yeah, you know, Tyler, Mac. they're all over the place. So why not? You know, trade them all away. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Um, so I mean, anybody would be an upgrade from Rashad Coward right now. I mean, the guy is—he's been put in the blender by everybody who he's faced since being in that starting role. So we just need to get him off the line. Bring a guy like Mac in here. Um, move Whitehair over. Whitehairs aren't our best guy on the line right now and he's at center so you move him over to his original position i mean i i feel like you can't go wrong with that um the next position that comes to mind is wide receiver um we have three 
solid guys right now. Obviously, Allen Robinson, the far and away number one on the team, a guy who was totally shut down this week, may I say, by Jalen Ramsey. Jalen Ramsey, best corner in the league. Yeah, I mean, he just totally shut him down, and he was a ghost this week. Um, and you've got a guy like Darnell Mooney, who I've been very high on. Um, he's a rookie. And Anthony Miller, who has been struggling, I would say. You know, he's um, not making the plays that we've seen him in the past. He is a very hot and cold guy, much like the Nick Foles we mentioned before. Um, very streaky guy. He'll have a couple games in a row, and then he will go ghost. So if we can bring in a guy to fill that Anthony Miller role and move Mooney to the slot, where I think he might be able to thrive a little more um, based on his size and speed. I think if we bring a guy like John Ross in here from Cincinnati, a guy who has been kind of pushed to the wayside um, with that trio of Green, Higgins, and Boyd out there in Cincinnati. Um, if you bring a guy like John Ross in here, still very young, he's got some great – he can take the top off of defense. He um, has shown that he can make plays when needed. Um so, I mean, give him another opportunity, fresh start. I mean, I would love to see him in a Bears uniform. And also he could take the, some pressure off of Ginn, who has, I mean, been nothing in the offensive scheme. He's only had three targets all year. And maybe even throw him back there on punt returns. I will just pause and tell you the reason John Ross hasn't worked out is because he's same vein as MVS. Dude has no hands mm. um, and, and is injury prone, unfortunately. Uh but carry on. Yes. I just don't think he's an NFL caliber player and doesn't deserve another shot. Just everybody's pulled <laughs> over his 4-2 speed and, and, and got lost. Um, it got lost everything else on him. The, the scouting report, I feel like it ended at the 4-2 speed and that was it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Um, Perriman, though. Um, another name that came to mind is Rashad Perriman, a guy who is – uh, Brashad Perriman, excuse me, Brashad, um, a guy who has been on uh, four NFL teams since coming into the league. He is only 27 years old, but uh, I would love to give him a shot in a Bears uniform. Um, uh, you know, bigger guy, uh, guy who can make plays, guy who can probably just needs a fresh start and will be able to, you know, add some life to this bears offense and he needs a good quarterback. Right. And that's where Nick Foles comes in. <laughs> <laughs> Hello. What have we been saying? Yeah, I'm give you the solution to your problem, Mr. Big Dick Nick. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then a pipe dream, I mean, would be AJ green from, from the, uh, excuse me, from the Bengals. Um, don't know what it would take to get him off of uh, Cincinnati, but, I mean, he seemed like he's wanted to get out of there for a few years. Um, and we could probably get him for a fifth, a fourth, something something like that. Tag right now. Um, that was Burroughs' request is bringing him back. And I just don't think it's worked out. He just doesn't seem – he seems to have lost a step as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Perriman, I really like that name. I, I just I, – I hope – the bears and other teams aren't getting caught up tracing after the name of AJ green. I don't think he has it as the player player. He used to be. Yeah. I think that's more just like a, like a, a na- like a big name that comes up where people are like, Oh yeah. AJ green of like, I remember him like, you know, but I mean, another name we mentioned before Kenny stills, I would love to see him come in. Um, 
Yeah, I saw you write that in there. Yeah, yeah, you know. I mean, or I didn't even realize he was on the trade block, but I mean, I've always been a huge fan of Will Fuller. So I don't think he's actively on the trade block, but he is like the not being used in Houston, so the the theory is he could be had for cheap. Okay. I mean, anyone to come in and sort of inject some life into this Bears offense would be much appreciated. So anyone you can come up with, anyone uh give me a call. I'll put my number in the uh in the link. Uh I'll help you out. I'll help you find a place. Um, I do you, roommate, so you got the hookups to Pace over there. Sure, yeah, fucking Pace will do. You know, they'll do anything. Do anything I got a guy for you. He'll do anything to keep his job at this point. Um, and then the the, the, the third uh, position that I would say we, we we could use some help. It's not completely necessary right now, but is nose tackle. You know, Eddie Goldman opted out before the season started due to coronavirus, and we've definitely been missing that big body in the middle. Um, so bringing in a guy to sort of just be a supplement, you know, a bridge to next season when Eddie Goldman comes back, we don't need somebody who's going to totally replace him. But I mean, a name like Dalvin Tomlinson from New York or uh, Avery Jones, two guys who would be nice complimentary pieces, both in the last year of their contracts. Um, but like I said, it's not such a huge priority as shoring up the offensive line or the wide receiver position because Goldman will be back. And, you know, he's a huge part of this defense. Um, but we will be facing a lot of teams that have great running backs coming up. Uh, New Orleans, uh, Minnesota, Green Bay, Tennessee, you know, the list goes on and on. So, Oh, is that the next four for the next five weeks for you? We I'm have sure so, our our right so we have uh, New Orleans next Sunday. Yeah. Then uh, Tennessee. Then we have uh, the uh, Vikings on Monday Night Football. Jeez. And then the Packers on Sunday Night Football. Um, Are those four? Is that that's the next four weeks? Yeah. Oh Lord. Yeah, it's it's we're going through the ringer, and then we have Detroit. Who I mean, they're not. I mean, those are easily top. 10 if not top five backs yeah back to back to back to back Mm -hmm. yep 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 so i mean oh my god after this week sorry bears fans after this week you're not sorry you're not sorry at all no you're not no No, you're not no well no i am sorry that it has that it has to be like that oh yeah i will laugh when you guys end up five and five oh okay all right (laughs) all right all right but i mean yeah, it's just after this week, I'm just not not super excited for what we have going forward. But I can't be all doom and gloom. You know, we're still sitting at five and two. We're in a good position. I did not think we'd be at this point before the season started. So to even be here sitting at five and two, Foles finds himself. I I I think the Bears are better than the, the we, Lions. We so just have to give. Have we're better than the Vikings. We're better than the Lions. I mean. Well, the issue is: Are you better than the entire NFC West? Sure, that's the issue. Yeah, those are the those are the guys you're going to be fighting for. We just have to hope they beat the shit out of each other for the next, you know, ten weeks, and then, you know, with that extra spot. I mean, if we can finish 500 to end the season, sitting at uh, 10 and six, I mean, you got to hope that that would be enough for a for a playoff spot, but. It all starts next Sunday. I mean, next Sunday is going to be a huge. New Orleans is not the same New Orleans team we've seen in the past, but you're still fighting them for a while, right? And they're, I mean, they still have Alvin Kamara. They and Michael Thomas should be back this week. 
So that's trouble. He did not practice today. So there okay, that. well that's good news. But I mean, I'm sure he's itching to get back. So you know he's gonna do everything in his power to get to get back so he can uh, go up against uh, Kyle Fuller. And you know, I mean, we'll see. But you're talking to a very dejected person right now. Yeah, I was I was where you were a week ago. I would I I would say it gets better from here. We don't have a <laughs> we don't have Aaron Rodgers also. So well, yeah, no Aaron <laughs> Rodgers and no Texans on the schedule to bounce back against. You got tough tough matches. We don't have them for a, we have them we have them in a bit, but not till uh, December fifteenth. Hey, no better way to regain the momentum momentum by going out at home and beating a potential playoff contender and getting a tiebreaker over them. Let's go. So Bear look down. at it that way. Can only go up from here after that drumming. No kidding. All right. Well, I mean, that's all I've got for this week, Evan. Um, you got any- Let's get a little score prediction before we get out of here. A little prediction? Um, I got uh, – All right. Bears. Bears, Saints, Sunday, 325. Um, America's game of the week. I'm going to say uh, Bears 27, Saints 24. All right. What about up in Green Bay? Green Bay – who they got? What do we say? The Vikings. Vikings. Um, Vikings. Packers thirty-one, Vikings seventeen. Yeah, I'm gonna go pack thirty-three, Vikings twenty-three. And I'm gonna go Bears. I'm gonna hedge on the side that Michael Thomas sits out, so I'll go Bears. Figure themselves out and have the home magic voodoo. 17 16 Alvin Kamara is the only touchdown. All right, I'll take that. Or for the <laughs> fantasy team likes that. There you go. <laughs> go fantasy, go go pack. I guess go Bears. <laughs> I would never say go pack. Let's go Bears. We're bouncing back this Sunday, boys. After everything I've said, we're bouncing back this Sunday. Bless the knees and pray for a win. 